0: RetroPod is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Are you looking to learn a thing or two about getting your finances in order, saving, and investing? Check out the Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, history lovers! I'm Mike Rosenwald with RetroPod, a show about the past rediscovered. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, I know you are all eager to skip town and spend some time with your families. Uh, Not surprisingly, I am too, Uh, but you know what they say, it's uh, the most wonderful press conference of the year, right now. Around this time of year, we've grown accustomed to presidents taking questions from the press before they head off for the holidays. These holiday news conferences have, in recent years, become a Washington tradition, a glass of political eggnog of sorts, and I can't answer that fruitcake. You get the idea. Well, at least they were a tradition. Last year, President Trump became the first president in 15 years to not hold a news conference before heading off for the holidays. Maybe he'll hold one this year. Who knows? Anyway, thinking about that tradition got us wondering, when did presidential press conferences even become a thing? 1913, actually, one March afternoon, a group of newspaper writers walked into the Oval Office for the very first press conference with the President of the United States. In the early 20th century, the number of newspapers was growing, and more and more of them sent correspondence to Washington, D.C. Teddy Roosevelt was the first president to set aside working space in the White House just for the press, but reporters were typically more focused on Congress than the White House. So presidents would deal with reporters in one-on-one settings. Roosevelt would invite his favorites in to talk while he got his morning shave. When Woodrow Wilson became president, he had a lot of experience dealing with packs of reporters from his time as governor of New Jersey. And he brought his private secretary, Joseph Tumulty, with him to the White House. These days, we'd call Tumulty the Chief of Staff. And Tumulty pushed Wilson to hold a meeting with the press, and he organized it. So just six weeks into Wilson's presidency, a hundred journalists, all newspaper reporters, all men, filed into the Oval Office and greeted the Commander-in-Chief. The president shook each reporter's hand as they entered and were introduced to Wilson by the superintendent of the Senate Press Gallery. Wilson stood and answered the questions he wanted. He dismissed those he didn't with a curt, no, I think not. The Washington Post correspondents at that groundbreaking Q&A described Woodrow Wilson as standing there where he could take in all with a sweep of his kindly eyes and with a genial smile. Imagine reporters today describing a president as having a genial smile. But back then, the reporters were delighted with the newfangled idea of getting a chance to interrogate the president on a regular basis. And the headline in the paper read quaintly, wilson in friendly chat says he likes reporters joseph tumulty went on to organize 159 news conferences over wilson's two terms effectively also becoming the very first white house press secretary but like today the president and the press had different visions of their relationship Wilson made it clear to the reporters at the White House that what he wanted from them was less reporting about what was happening in the Capitol and more about the mood and desires of people in the country. The reporters thought the obligation of the Washington Press Corps was to tell the people in the country what their government was doing. Wilson eventually suspended his press conferences briefly after some newspapers printed remarks he'd considered off the record and then reduced their number greatly during his second term. But he, and all the presidents who have come after him, could never kill them off entirely. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to Steve Hendricks, who reported this story for The Washington Post. And for more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.